So new cases of COVID-19 remain uncomfortably high here in British Columbia. We're talking between 100 and 150 every day for the last couple of weeks. Not just here, but, you know, we're talking next door in Alberta, Ontario, Quebec have seen, you know, 400 cases per day for the last week or so. So, yeah, it's some alarming trends that we are seeing. And we are not alone about this and about health officials sounding the alarm. We thought we would check in with Shane Woodford, of course, former CKW reporter, now freelance reporter in Denmark. Good morning, Shane. Good morning, Simi. How are you? I'm good, thank you. So I understand Denmark is also having similar issues. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, uh, about half an hour before our conversation, uh, they updated uh, the last 24 hours worth of stats, Simi, and I can report that Denmark in the last 24 hours has recorded the highest number of new COVID infections to date with 678. It also marks the first time ever Denmark has exceeded 600 new infections in a single day. And so what has been going on? We know that for here, it resulted in things getting, you know, seeming back to normal for too many people, too much socializing going on. What's Mm -hmm. happening there? Yeah, I think it's evidence seems to be growing. It's sort of growing out of two areas. One is something we've talked about before, which is A lot of younger people, which don't seem to be paying too much attention to the restrictions or relaxing too much, Uh, the main growth in infections here in Simi, here in Denmark, sorry, uh, according to the data from the Ministry of Health and the Ministry of Education here, are in the age groups between 10 years old and 29. Uh, So that hints a lot at a return to school, a return especially to university and college, Uh, the resumption of partying and drinking and all that kind of thing, which is something that we knew was going on. The other piece of evidence that seems to be growing, and Italy's sort of become a barometer for this, is that a lot of countries apparently seem to have let down their guard early. We rushed back to uh, as close to quote-unquote normal as we could. Restaurants reopened, shopping resumed, and Mm -hmm. people were, you know, hesitant at first, and then, you know, gradually as they began to kind of do those normal things day in and day out, um, they dropped their guard, and things began to circulate that way. And I use Italy because Italy has not dropped their guard yet. They're still maintaining a state of emergency powers. They've uh, done a lot of the small things that the rest of Europe kind of became a laggard in as they rushed to get the economies re-going. And although they, too, are seeing a surge in infections, it's nowhere near the scale of, say, a Spain or a France, which are both recording over 10,000. Yesterday, France recorded the highest number of daily cases yet, uh, and hospitals there, concerningly, are are getting jam-packed as well. So while other countries here in Europe are seeing a really crazy insurgence, Italy seems to be keeping it under control because they didn't deviate from all the things, social distancing, masks, all that kind of stuff like the rest of us did. Yeah, and so what happened in Denmark then? Did people deviate, or is there a lot of mask wearing? Are there still restrictions? I get that question a lot. Masks were never a thing here, Simi. I mean, until about three or four weeks ago, I could probably count on one hand the amount of times I've seen somebody in Denmark wear a mask. Really? Uh, Then we began to see a resurgence in infections, and they mandated masks for the first time on board public transit for anybody over the age of 12. Since the last time you and I talked and infections really started to shoot up, Um, they've turned what were local restrictions. The strategy before was that um, if there's a municipality, let's use Copenhagen as an example because it it did happen there as well, 17 other municipalities initially. If there was a sign of an outbreak there, they would enact local restrictions and bring a bunch of things like reducing the size of gatherings, that kind of stuff. One of the things they did here in Denmark was 
in those areas where there was outbreaks, they mandated that you must wear a mask inside a restaurant. Uh, if you were standing or moving, you know, around, going to the bathroom, moving between tables, or if you're a server or something. Mm-hmm. Since then, because the number of infections in Denmark has now exploded across the country, uh, as of about a week ago, uh, those local restrictions were implemented immediately nationally. So now it's a national thing. If I go into a McDonald's or a restaurant or anything, I have to mask up now, which is something that previously did not exist here. But are people doing it, I guess, is the question. Yes, people are doing it, by and large. Uh, Danes are, are very common sense, law and order orientated people. If it makes sense and it's going to improve their safety, uh, they do it. There is, you know, a tiny amount to date. I was looking at the stats today. There's like three people that have been fined for not wearing a mask on the bus. You know, so you get right. you know, a very, very, very tiny minority that try and, you know, wave the idiot flag and, and do that kind of thing, <laughs> which seems to be more prevalent elsewhere. Um, but, you know, what about parties? Because that was a problem that I know we've had here is social gatherings and getting out of control. And I know that a lot of neighbors don't like it. People don't like it when they see it happening. But has yeah. it been happening there? Yeah, absolutely. It's been happening to the point where uh, police are now sort of staking out areas where young people are gathering. Uh, you know, big cities have their favorite hangout spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, police are now out in force in those areas. Uh, with restaurants and bars, keep in mind that nightclubs and discos are a separate thing here, and those have been closed the entire time and have still not reopened. But we do have sort of bars, which are more of a pub kind of thing in, in sort of North American vernacular and restaurants. Um, those are now closed at 10 o'clock nationally, and they cut off liquor sales super early, and police are on hand to make sure that uh, when there's an exodus at 10, people are going home quick, fast. Also, interestingly, some restaurants and bars here now have to legally post um, a uh, an occupancy limit sign outside saying we can hold you know 57 people or, or whatever it is and they must adhere to that so mm. there's been a real crackdown and and pleas from politicians um, local prime minister Meta Frederiksen actually showed up on you know one of the top Danish influencers on Instagram to plead with young people to just you know reduce their social bubble so there's a multi-pronged effort to cut down on that kind of thing. It is fascinating to watch the similarity happen all over the world, isn't it? To see that this is exactly the pattern that everybody is seeing. Yeah. I I think that one thing that we're doing slightly better than you guys at is is COVID testing, though. So, I mean, I was looking at the numbers between BC and Denmark, and there is a huge difference there. Yeah, that's true. I know that um, we spoke to the health minister, Adrian Dix, a couple weeks ago. They are ramping it up here to 20,000 per day, especially heading into flu season. Right now, I think we're at about eight or 9,000 uh, per day. But yeah. even that is a huge increase over, say, two weeks ago or three weeks ago. So they're getting there. Yeah. Um, we always talk about how BC and Denmark are good sort of comparators because they yeah. have similar sized populations, right? So yesterday, you guys did about 7,500 COVID tests. Yesterday, Denmark did 53,885. Interesting. To date, BC has done 497,000 and change total. Yeah. To date in Denmark, we've done 3.6 million. That's amazing. And I think the thing that really concerns me is that the BC CDC website, when I was kind of perusing it last night, actually doesn't even recommend a test if you don't have symptoms. And, you know, every epidemiologist that I'm following, everybody that I'm talking to says that you have to have a voracious testing program, one that goes beyond just testing people who have symptoms, right? Because an example is, you know, the last time you and I talked, I mentioned that there was a grade two student here in Denmark who went for a precautionary test, had no symptoms, 
happen to have contact with somebody who is COVID positive here in Denmark, that means you get a test and that child tested positive. Now, if the rule of the day here was we're not testing people who aren't exhibiting symptoms in a disease that is highly, you know, um, infectious for people who don't have symptoms and have it, uh, we might not have known that that child had COVID, goes back to school, who knows what happened. You've got to cut those infection chains. And if you don't know somebody has COVID and you can't isolate them and you can't track who they're talking to, then you don't know where the infection's going. Interesting. Shane, thank you. Thank you, Simi. Stay safe.